Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Today, we have a very special guest. Brianna Rodriguez is a registered dietitian and a certified personal trainer. And Brianna's goal is to help others reach their goals through relatable experience, specifically coming to terms when knowledge about nutrition isn't enough. Have you heard the news? We started a brand new membership program called My Nutrition Coach, and you're invited to join. At Bodymetrics, most of our clients come to us through their medical health insurance plan. Unfortunately, most insurances don't offer enough sessions to see big results. And some plans, they don't cover nutrition services at all. At Bodymetrics, we are passionate about helping our clients see results and making nutrition accessible to everyone. That's why we created My Nutrition Coach, a program that offers education and accountability between one-on-one sessions and an affordable option for those without coverage. Inside the membership, you'll get access to weekly teachings, nutrition-focused goals to work on, recipes, a private community page for support, a video resource library, and an opportunity to ask questions to a real dietitian. This helpful program is available right now for only $9.99 a month, or $99 if you sign up annually. But it's important to us to make sure we're a good fit for you, so we're offering a special 30-day free trial if you sign up now. To start your free 30-day trial, simply go to bodymetricshealth.com and click on the Programs tab. There, you will see My Nutrition Coach. Simply click for more information and to join. We can't wait to see you inside the membership. Brianna, welcome so much to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to come and talk about, you know, nutrition, the journey and all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think today's episode is going to be extremely helpful because we're we're bringing a different perspective, one that I think a lot of people can resonate with, but one that we don't talk about like, and and I think in my experience, it's this level of shame and guilt that is a dark cloud over us. And so we don't talk about it, but we need to talk about it. Yeah. I I mean, I think so too. I think it's part of what um, has kept me back and I've struggled and, you know, I mean, for, for um, everybody, you know, you you can't see or, or know much about me. Um, I I am a dietitian and certified personal trainer, but I've always been um, a little bit on overweight. Let's just be honest and realistic about it. And I thought that becoming a dietitian and a certified personal trainer would change that for me and for everything. And, um, you know, what I came to terms with recently is that I always said that I wanted to be a dietitian and a personal trainer and things to help out all the people I love because a lot of my family struggles with this, a lot of my friends with their weight, with health issues and those kind of things. But if I to sit down and I'm honest with it, I became a dietitian to help myself realistically because I literally thought it would do 
everything for me, you know? Um, but the reality is, is over time, it didn't. Having the knowledge sometimes isn't enough to move the needle and to get you where you want to be. Um, and that was a hard thing to kind of come to terms with. So, you know, there's a lot of shame in being a professional where you feel like you're supposed to be the expert and you feel like you're supposed to maybe even look a certain way and be a certain way. Um, and when you're not, um, sometimes there's a lot of negatives that come from that, whether people think they put that on you or not, like in terms of jobs and in terms of things like that. Um, but it, it does kind of impact business in the sense of people maybe trying to reach their goal. But if you don't look a certain way, maybe they don't want, you know, they're, they're a little less trusting. But what I found is over time, the more honest I am about it, the more um, people like it, the more people aren't as the shame kind of gets lifted for them too, you know, and, and that's something that I'm really big on now um, in, in like a quest to find like this source of, of freedom from that kind of struggle, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it's talked about. It's something that I haven't found. Um, it's something that I've been looking for. And one day I just kind of decided it's the time to start sharing a little bit more openly about it. And, and that's also been pretty healing in itself. Yeah. So let's, that was amazing, but let's back up a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so talk to us a little bit about, like you said, your family struggles with being overweight, you struggle, like tell us kind of your story and, and how you, you came to the decision to become a dietitian yeah. and help people in this journey. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think that, without getting, I guess, too deep or anything, it took me a while to finish college and to do things because I, I was literally trying to figure out what made sense for me. What was my calling? What was my passion? So, you know, going through, you know, trying to figure out, do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be in psychology? These are all things that kind of like went through my head. Um, one day I stumbled upon a dietitian and I read about it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. And that so happened to be a time that, you know, people in my family were struggling and people, you know, that was something that was becoming apparent for us. How can we change our diets? How can we promote longevity? How can we, you know, reverse some of these um, health conditions that are coming up? And so I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I could help everybody and bonus, it could help me, you know? And so I was like, oh, this is it. So I went for it. Um, you know, I started, I switched gears, I started taking all the classes and basically started over and, you know, went to school for that. Um, and directly after did my internship, that's part of, um, you know, the, the course of becoming dietitian, I took my tests and, and got it. And I actually started my first job, um, in long-term care and in bariatrics. Um, so I worked with a lot of patients, um, that were wanting to undergo bariatric surgery. Um, and then from there, I went to work at a large weight loss company and I've been there for about the six, uh, last six years. Um, so it's always kind of stemmed, um, realistically with, um, weight loss and diabetes are probably like my specialty, but that's kind of how I, uh, stumbled into it with like most of my family, uh, and fr and, and friends, a lot of people are, uh, were all a little overweight. There's a lot of diabetes and, you know, high cholesterol. And, um, sometimes, unfortunately the diabetes takes it to the next step with, with a lot of people and family. And I don't think people recognize that either is that, you know, it, it's one thing to have diabetes and diabetes isn't going to be the thing that maybe like takes, you know, 
take the person's life per se, but it leads to many other things that does, you know, it does lead to strokes and, and heart attacks and various different things, um, you know, neurological problems and, and all of that. And we've seen it firsthand in, in people close to me. And that's something that, um, if I can help prevent just by dropping a little bit of knowledge in there, that's what I wanted to do, you know? So when you were going through school, was there ever, I know you said secretly, you're like, this is going to be the thing that, that helps me and this will fix all of it. Was there any time Mm -hmm. during your school where you, um, were self-conscious or you were, um, thinking maybe I don't belong here or I don't deserve to be here. Um, cause I know if I can just speak to my own experience. I was one of the larger people in my class. Um, mm-hmm. it felt like every person that was a nutrition major was like really, really thin. Um, and they didn't struggle with food at all. And secretly I'm the one like, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I don't deserve to be here. Even though I had a passion for nutrition and I wanted to help people, I really struggled with, you know, am I good enough? Is my body good enough to be Mm -hmm. in this field? Did you ever have those those thoughts? Because we work with doctors, Mm -hmm. we work with nurses, with so many healthcare professionals. And I know I'm not the only Mm -hmm. person that can be thinking this way, right? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I think it now I think of what other people are going to be, especially in the field, or like, if I do go in and need to consult with a doctor or different things, what they think, you know, um, because I have been met with that. But specifically during school, not as much, um, only because though, uh, in like undergrad in those kind of courses, you're in a mix with everybody. So it was like, I didn't, I, I will say that if I didn't have to tell people, sometimes I didn't. You know, I didn't tell them that I was in route for this. And it was because of a little bit of shame. Um, And then I I ended up doing my um, degree online, which was wonderful for me and my life at the time. But you know where I did hit it is during the internships. Um, Because you, especially applying for internships, I went to one of the meetings where you, you know, find out about everything, you get your information, whatever, I, I don't even know what it's called, but you know, an initial presentation meeting. And I was the only one I walked in there. Not only was I the only one that was Hispanic, but I was also the only one that was overweight. And I walked in and I actually brought my husband with me. You could bring your like spouse with you. And he, we both looked at each other and I was like, I'm in the wrong space. And he was like, no, you're not. And like, let's go in, you know? And I was like, I can't like, you know, and he'd like kind of nudge me and all we did was sit there and listen to it. And um, what's funny about that is they were very interested in him because he was the only male there. (laughs) I guess nobody else really brought their partner, but it said you could, that I wanted him to know like about it, but they were like, are you interested? Because they were going to sign him up right there. You know, he didn't even go to school for it. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but you know, I remember feeling and nobody was mean to me or anything there. But it's that perception, that shame that you have. Um, my own insecurities kind of coming out then. But so I felt it a lot then I also felt it. Um, I, I ended up doing a um, distance internship, which means you pretty much find your own kind of places to go in locally. Um, so that was kind of interesting to kind of go in and say like, 
hey, can I work with you and, and all of these things? And it was always that kind of like, what are they going to think when they meet me? What are they going to think when they see me? Do they think I'm going to be good enough? Do they think I'm going to actually be able to help these people? And, you know, and like I, I, I mentioned, sometimes that did happen where I felt like the judgment, but other times it was just me like kind of getting that out there of, of or me like projecting that out, um, which is pretty unfortunate. But um, yeah, I mean, the, <clears throat> I think one of the ones that sticks with me the most is I was actually, um, before I got my internship, I was actually trying to work with a um, company, which in fact, I'm so glad I didn't because I don't believe in anything they do, um, a nutrition company. And I went to the interview and she, it was great. The first interview. And I even mentioned like, you know, I think one of the things that they, you know, they ask you like, what's one of the things that you think is that you can help out with or whatever. And I was like, well, I think it'd be nice to be somebody that they can relate to, you know, like the people that are coming in because it was for weight loss. And she was like, oh, like, I mean, she loved me. So they passed me on to the corporate per people. I remember going in and we had the interview. I feel like I nailed it. Like all the questions, like we even laughed. And at the very end, she said, you know, um, the, the only thing is that one of the things we pride ourselves on here is looking the way people think we should look and that we really want to make sure that we hit a certain fitness standard and we hit a certain thing. And I, I just felt my entire body like sink and crumble to the floor because I was like, one rude, (laughs) but two, like, here it is, you know, here's like everything that I had been waiting for, for something to come. And and I never got a call back or anything. It was just kind of like, well, thanks. And in one way, I was like, well, why did you waste my time and your time? Like, we shouldn't have even had the interview. You should have just said, I don't know. Like, it was, it, it has stuck with me, like, ever since, you know. Um, and it was really, uh, it was really unfortunate, I guess. Um, and it's well, funny that I think, go ahead. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, I think it's because, <clears throat> sorry, I totally interrupted you. Um, oh, no. But I was going to say, I think it's because everything that you had going in your head somebody else validated with their words mm-hmm. like in before it was just well maybe it's just the way I see myself or just maybe it's my own issue but nobody else sees that but to actually have somebody call call you out on it would have been crushing yeah, yeah I can imagine yeah. how that would have felt absolutely I mean what's funny is now I'm a person sometimes that needs some of that accountability that's kind of like don't let me like like wallow in like the sorrows like if I'm struggling to hit like you know because um in in like groups that I run or different things that I'm with people in um sometimes it's nice to get the feedback too or like with my family and friends when we're trying to keep each other up it's like hey you know uh, you know xyz didn't happen like the scale didn't move or this or that like some I, I usually sometimes it's not helpful for me to have people say like hey you know, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, keep going, keep going. And sometimes it's like snap out of it, you know? And so it's kind of like that, that I need like that, like kind of like snap out of it. But for me, that what that woman had said, wasn't like snapping me out of it. It was like, it was a reassurance that everything that I was thinking in my head is what other people were thinking. Um, And it made me question, like, should I even finish this? Should I do this? Should I continue? I don't think I'm good enough. If I can't do it myself, how am I going to help anybody else, including family and friends? Uh, How could I even potentially change, you know, 
anybody else's mind if I can't even change this person's when I nailed the interview. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I mean, it was pretty defeating. And I I took that with me for a couple of years. Luckily, I still went in and finished, you know, my degree and my, (laughs) and got my RD, you know, but. um, How did you move forward from that? Like, you know, did it take you a little bit to recover? Were you able to get a fresh perspective? Like, how do you, when you are in that type of experience, like, what do you do? Uh, it took a while. I mean, I still thought a lot about, um, I think in one way, it was probably good that I, you know, had to finish things online. And it was time to like study for my test and do things. Because I think if I had to go into a class, or if I had to go in with people, I would have, that shame would have like just enveloped me, you know. Um, so it was kind of nice to, I guess, be alone for a little while and kind of push forward because the support, um, I guess I leaned into support that I had, you know, with my husband in particular, because he's the one that I'm, you know, with the majority of the time. And to be honest, I didn't tell anybody else that realistically, I haven't told very many people that to be honest. Oh boy, Um, and now you just told all my listeners. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's totally fine. That's the whole point of this, you know, it's time to shed light on a lot of it, you know. Um, but you know, it, it, it was really leaning on like some support. And I think that's, what's been helpful for many cases in, in life and probably for a lot of people, but you know, um, with the times that I'm not feeling bad to hear, like, you know, no, you can do this because <clears throat> I did believe that he believed in me, you know what I mean? That he knew me more than she did. So that was kind of like my my push to kind of keep going. And at, at some point I started to believe, okay, you know, like, like this is really good. Um, and then, you know, it kind of comes and you're fine for a while <clears throat> and then it kind of comes and hits you again. Uh, I had another instance in my internship that was kind of a blow, but luckily that one, it was more of, I'm going to prove her wrong because she was really mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's an important, important part to, to stop here and just like, talk about that. Because when you are trying to come up with new thoughts, right, you know, Mm -hmm. it's always like, well, we need to reframe that or let's get a different perspective. Because sometimes that's how we cope, we have to like, Mm -hmm. come up with different words or different thoughts. And, you know, it's like, we do some work, we finally get ourselves to a better spot. And then out of nowhere, those thoughts will come rushing back again. And you're like, yeah, man, like, come on, I thought I moved past that. Like, I, and then you're, it's almost like you're right back in it. Did you find that, mm-hmm. you know, even in your work now coming to terms with like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to teach from a relatable standpoint. Do those thoughts still come in to play every now and again, or, or how often, or, you know, cause I think that's yeah. another thing we think, Oh, it must just be me. Everybody else isn't struggling. They just moved on and I'm still stuck in these ruminating thoughts? No, I I mean, they still happen. I mean, to this day, I mean, even yesterday, I was thinking, you know, how am I going to get people to believe in this or to see this or to to understand this? Or or should I even put out this program that I've been thinking of? Because I do think it'd be incredibly helpful, but should I put it out? And usually, you know, um, I guess, I guess the easiest way to, to answer this question is for me personally, is I've been wanting to do my own thing and start a business for at least seven to eight years now. And I haven't done it. 
And this is the year that I've made the, the past few months is when I've made the most progress and everything. And I still haven't gotten something, you know, big out or anything, um, only because I start to overthink everything that maybe my name and my, that I shouldn't be attached to these things because if people see me, they're going to run away or think that this is not the program for them. And it's like, this is insane things to think about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and how it it just makes you think like how much my, my value as like a dietitian and my intelligence level is all tied to my physical appearance, you know, and it's unfortunate. It really is. And, you know, um, it just, I, I, I have been doing and some work like with therapy and things like that to try to like, think, you know, things differently. And, and, you know, the whole, the knowledge kind of thing isn't enough of not only a nutrition, the knowledge of nutrition to kind of reach your goals, but the knowledge of even how to, how to reframe and do better sometimes isn't just enough or to think positive thoughts. You do almost have to come to a term um, of like true acceptance of where you are, you know, to kind of move that forward and realistically and just keeping it real. Like I've been trying to do, I haven't done that yet. I'm in route that I think I have pretty much accepted this and I'm really confident talking about things in general, but behind the scenes, it's not, um, it's not like I'm just a hundred percent like, oh, you know, I am who I am and this is fine. And everybody's going to love everything about my programs and me and this and that, like, it's still not like that. You know, it takes a lot of time to kind of overcome that um, thought process. Why do you think it? Why do you think it is the case that knowledge isn't enough? Because I know some of my clients, they will, you know, I just need to learn more about this. And maybe I don't know enough about, about saturated fat. So maybe if I learn more about saturated fat, then I'll be able to, to lower my cholesterol. Or just if I, I need to read another study or what's the latest book I can read about weight loss, because maybe that will be the ticket. Why isn't knowledge enough? Yeah, I mean, I think that in one way, and it, it, it's, I don't think it's mean at all, because I do the same thing. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many programs I've bought of somebody's because it sounded like theirs was better, even though, like I said, I'm a dietitian, I don't need, in quote, unquote, another dietitian's program or somebody, but I've bought them because I'm like, oh, they have the answer. It's a constant search for the answer and avoiding the root of what the problem is, is, is what it is. And and maybe I speak for myself, but I think that's what it is, is it's constantly like, if I can just find that answer, because I I know it's out there, like you're thinking about it, um, then that's what's going to solve all the problems. You know what I mean? But it's kind of not, there's something there that's a block. You know, there's something there that, that maybe it's a, a habit that's deeper ingrained that you thought there's an emotion tied to something that's deeper than you thought. Um, it's something else. And in one way, we're using the knowledge base as a, um, as a safety net to kind of not do the work that's a little bit harder, because it is harder. It really is, you know, to kind of do that. But um, so it's not a bad thing, because that's often some of the things that people ask me too is, well, I if I just had more recipes to pull from, so I wouldn't rely on the snack or this or that. If I just had more, you know, 
you know, if I just had like the perfect plan, or maybe it's because I need to try XYZ's new diet instead of this. And it's not, I'm telling you, you're avoiding. Um, there was a line that, that I, I'm going to butcher, but it was, you know, the magic lies in the work you're avoiding. And I think it's 100% true. That's what it is, you know? Yeah, sometimes I will, um, I'll suggest doing some journal work. And it's like everybody mm -hmm. goes fetal. Like you can see, they they really want to like fall to the ground and be like, no, don't make me yeah, do journal yeah. work because that just feels like critical thinking. And I'm going to have to like, think really hard and and can't you just tell me how many grams of protein to eat instead that feels easier right but like, right. that is not your problem the problem is like getting to the root of why you feel this way or mm -hmm. you know of your habits what are you thinking about and really bringing all that to awareness um, oh 100 percent. I, I, I think that's relatable like I I have a journal and I start writing in it and I'll think to myself well, this is ridiculous. You're just being drama. Like dra it, it's, it's, it's such a drama. Like that's not a problem. That's not a, this sometimes you, you just need to follow the macros. You just need to follow the calories and don't get me wrong. I give macros and calories and stuff too, because I think awareness is 1000% key of what's going on too. But the bigger thing is we, you do have to find that blockage, you know? Um, and I, I, you know, I know the journaling sounds hard or maybe it's a meditation or maybe when you're walking, put your headphones in and don't listen to something like let the thoughts kind of come in and don't shove them out, whatever it is that you're doing, because you'll find it. It's going to take some time, but you know, you'll find kind of those blockages and um, it's not drama and you're not crazy and you're not any of those things, but it feels that way because it's uncomfortable. But I don't know. I, I think, um, it, it sometimes it's time to like live in the uncomfortable for a while to kind of re get comfortable again, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes, I, I totally follow you, but um, <laughs> we don't like being uncomfortable and we do everything no. we can to get out of it as quickly as possible. So Absolutely. I want to get like really tangible here. Cause um, sure. you know, I, I think, you know, we're absolutely talking about important things, but what, what are some of the things that you struggle with um, personally? And, I, and I'm happy to share what I struggle with. I tell my clients all the time, I really struggle with overeating at dinner at night because mm -hmm. I'm tired and I don't want to get up and start doing dishes. So if I continue eating, then I have an excuse to stay seated. Um, you, know, you know, all the words that come to my brain, like, but it tastes so good and I don't want to stop and I'll start tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, like feeling my fullness cues, especially at dinner, I really struggle with and I have all intention of fixing it, but then dinner comes and it's almost like, I forget that that was even a goal I had. So right. I know for me, that's something I struggle with. What are some of the things you struggle with? Um, you know, I haven't like gone and got like diagnosed with anything, but for me, it's a lot of emotional eating. I know I do it when I'm stressed, when I'm sad, and also when I'm incredibly happy. Um, eating is a reward in that respect too. It's not just to, to cure anything for me. Um, it's like, oh, you, you know, passed your RD? let's go to dinner. And it's not like, let's go and, you know, get like a big plate of veggies and things. It's, it's where can we get the most tastiest thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And, oh, you did this, let's go to dinner. Oh, you know, 
you're pregnant. Let's go to dinner. Oh, whatever it is. Like, I, I, I mean, it's a celebration. And I think that's beautiful. And I want to get back to that. That's something I talk about, too, is enjoying food and getting back to to letting that be something that gets you with your community. Um, but I struggle a lot with with that. Um, because it's not that I just go out to eat at that dinner time, I go out and I eat, like, you know, I can eat. Uh, I guess I can eat in large quantities. And that's one of the things is, is recognizing the hunger, um, hunger and fullness cues. Um, I'll, I, I think I've gotten to a point where the, the hunger, I feel fullness. I usually, um, I talked about this recently on an Instagram post um, and I'm going to write a, a little newsletter about it. But um, my biggest, biggest thing was that I would eat um, so much that I threw up after every single meal and not because I forced it or anything like that. And I thought, Oh, you're fat or, you know, you know, that kind of thing. It was, I just ate and ate and ate to the point to where my body physically couldn't hold it anymore. And you start to feel sick and nauseous and I would throw up and, um, outside of restaurants out. I mean, it was embarrassing, incredibly embarrassing. And recently it happened again. Um, about a week and a half ago and I hadn't for years and I cried on the way at the restaurant I cried on the way home I thought oh my gosh what is happening like this hasn't been an issue for me and um yeah it was a really big moment and I um I, I literally that time I I had had a lot of fear about talking about a lot of things and I decided we're not doing this anymore we're talking about it because you know hopefully, and maybe a little selfishly, it'll help me, you know. Um, But that that was probably the biggest thing is just eating a lot, a lot, a lot, and using it for food for everything that I possibly can. Um, And it it has nothing to do with willpower and things like that. But I, um, I can talk myself out of or into anything. You know, like I have, I, I like to call them like kind of having like a little brat and a little like, chicken on your shoulder so it's like the brat and the fear and oh those little voices win every time if it's like oh you know you shouldn't really have that or something the brat voice is like nah you can do whatever you want you could eat that you could have that like whatever you can start tomorrow and the like the little fearful voice is like it's okay you need a little bit of like you need a little rest just start tomorrow like Oh, I, I, it's the biggest thing. Like, so I need to know that they're there and I have to try to like, you know, fight them off. So for me, it's, um, it's, it, oh, I think what helped is really bringing in some awareness of some of my habits and choices and things like that. So, you know, maybe they, are they solving things in the long run? Are they, is it worth it at that time? And sometimes it is, and that's okay if it is at those moments, you know what I mean? But what are the things that are really holding you back? And I'll tell you what, eating till you throw up is never an okay thing. Um, so that's something that you have to kind of come to terms with. None of the voices that were the this brat or fearful voice were like, sorry, you know, we, we can't talk you out of this one because, yeah. you know, there there are limits to, to some of these things. Um, but I would say those are it. I mean, um, it's funny, like you can call them habits or just different like triggers. But um, a lot of it too is like fear of missing out when it comes to food or going out to eat. Um, Because it's when sometimes if you start to analyze it, you're like, you're being ridiculous, you could literally go to that restaurant or whatever at any time. 
but it's like, oh, I don't want to miss out. Like, what if I don't go? Like, it, it, you know, it's these different things that can talk you in or, oh, I really want like that big bowl of pasta. It sounds so good, you know, but realistically, like a big bowl, we shouldn't like one, they shouldn't be serving us a big bowl of pasta, just like pasta with like limited protein and, and all the things. But, you know, it, it's things like I, I have, I guess, um, succumbed to a lot of good marketing and a lot of good uh, um American traditions in terms of how we eat and things because it's easy and it makes you feel good sometimes. Let's, let's just be honest, you know? Um, yeah. So I would say it, it's a mixture for me of a lot of that, a lot of comfort, a lot of um, uh, overdoing it and a lot of not knowing or having any awareness, whether it comes to my body or, you know, what I need at the moment. Yeah. So, so you said you've, you've kind of come to this, epiphany, if we will, of, you know, maybe instead of trying to be perfect, look perfect, you know, fit the mold, what if I do things differently? So, mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about what that looks like, you know, and, and how that's been helpful to your clients um, mm-hmm. and your own journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought about it because one of the things that's held me back from really pursuing like, you know, helping other people, um, on my own, you know, outside of working for a company or things is, is that I, I didn't feel enough or I didn't feel smart enough because I constantly thought, how can I help them if I can't help myself, you know, that kind of thing. So it was a thought that kind of came in. Um, but yeah, when, you know, the shift started to happen, I started to think, and it was really through talking to, um, my sister-in-law a lot. I don't, you know, maybe she doesn't know, but she's kind of helped shape my mind, even though we talk about a lot of our struggles and things together. Um, in the sense of, of that, you know, I do know what I'm talking about in different things. I just happen to have, I guess let's call it a, a weakness, but it doesn't have to be a weakness. It could be something that we you know, accept and learn from, and it's a learning point, you know, um, and that has nothing to do, you know, my size has nothing to do with my knowledge and my ability to, to speak to people and talk to people. And it was actually an encouragement from my, um, a previous boss that I had. And she's like, you know, when you talk about things like your struggle and your this and that, I swear you like light up and like the whole room lights up. It's like this energy, like, you know, when you're trying to be perfect, and you're trying to give us the right answer, like in a non mean way, you're terrible. But when you talk about like all of these things, it's like a totally different breed. And she was like, you need to tap into that, you know, and I was like, Oh, you're right. So that kind of like started getting me thinking about all the things. And I actually started to write a couple blog posts that haven't seen the light of day um, yet. And I, I kind of wrote in them, like some of the things I was feeling because, you know, on, on a, on an about me section of a, of a blog that I'd, I'd like to come live. I was like, yeah, you know, I want to help everybody and do this. Like I help people do this. And I rewrote it and I said, you know, I don't have all the answers and, or, and that kind of thing, but I'm learning along the way. And I'd like to share that with you kind of thing. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And I shared it with a couple of people and they were like, yes, you know, and I was like, okay, this is fueling the fire, but it's actually something that felt right because it was accepting that I wasn't um, perfect. This thing that I was striving to be this entire time, I was trying to be perfect and have all the answers when it came to nutrition and health and fitness. 
and I was trying to be perfect in how I looked and, and, and all the things. Um, but you know, but it, the perfection led me in the other direction. You know, it led me to open the bag of chips and just have no stopping point. It led me to these things because it, it was like a crutch, you know? So now that it's, I've had a little bit more acceptance, I don't hide that I still enjoy a little bit of hot Cheetos with something, but I don't eat the whole bag because there's a, an awareness, there's a realization to it. And there's a, I don't know, like kind of that in there that I recognize that people aren't just going to stop eating these things and become these like massive clean eaters. And, and that's, you know, again, I was striving for something like that. So how can I help people realistically in real time and thus help myself? And that's kind of been like my, uh, it was kind of those awakening moments of a couple conversations of, you know, I was encouraging like a couple family and friends and people that ask for help and things. And some of it was through sharing a couple relatable experiences. And those seem to be the things that connected people more than me saying, here's a list of do's and don'ts. Here's a list of the, you know, your, your personalized macros. And cause you know, everybody's like big on that. Like, you know, you need your personalized and you do, I'm a hundred percent big on it too, but it's like, that's not the only thing. So when I started to integrate a little bit of the emotional aspect into it, I think is when I started to see a big shift. What do you say to the people that are still struggling? It's like, I hear what you're saying intellectually. I know what you're saying is right, but I still am struggling with thinking health only can look one way. I mean, I know we had the whole big health at every size movement, um, mm -hmm. but you know, how, how do we help that person make the leap from health only looks like size two to health? I could be considered healthy, right? Is that just, yeah. Think it till you make it. Is that like a process that you have people walk through and then also to that, sorry, I'm going to ask you a two-step question is, sure. you know, how can two things be true, right? How can you have a desire to maybe lose weight, but still accept where you're at? Mm -hmm. So sorry, I asked you two questions yeah. there. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I think they kind of um, interlap in terms of my answer is because there are two spectrums, right? There is like, you know, you need to look a certain way, this a, a thin kind of certain way or there's the health at every size. And, you know, um, I am supportive of, of as I, I have no judgments or no negativity to anything. But realistically, for me, those that spectrum is very difficult to navigate. Um, and I think it is for many people. So what I would say to them is throw it out the window and find your spectrum, find what works like kind of with you. Because and that's what's been in my mind all the time is I need to look this way, but then I can't not understand the health at every size or like kind of be here. But when you start to go down both of those rabbit holes, they can really pigeonhole you in one direction. And then you're left with, but I would like this, you know, and, and that gets ignored because you're trying to fit into one of these molds. And that's something that I've been, I, I tried to help people and, and myself work through and that you can be healthy where you're at right now. Like realistically speaking on paper, outside of my weight, my labs are great, you know? So yes, you know, those kind of things, I am healthy and I am considered overweight. So, you know, that, that would be something that I could work on. 
But more importantly, what do I want and how do I feel? And I do feel personally, even though I'm trying to come to an acceptance of where I am now and things like that, I do want to lose weight. And that's not a problem. I don't think you should ever feel ashamed for wanting to lose weight, even if it's just for vanity. You know, even if, you know, like I said, your markers are good and it's not because, oh, I want to improve my cholesterol or things like that. What do you want individually? That's all that matters. I don't care if you're coming to me because you want to lose weight because you want to, you know, drop a size or because you, you are, you're, maybe you have prediabetes. It's irrelevant. What's important to me and to you as an individual is what you want to do. And you shouldn't feel ashamed for that because you have to fit into a mold in this direction or a mold in the other direction, you know? And I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, I guess so. So that's kind of where I want to help people, you know, cause they'll say, Oh, you know, I should just, um, you know, that line I said it a while ago is give yourself grace. Um, I interpret that probably different and, and than a lot of people do, but I do think there's moments where you need to give yourself grace, but I do think that that hinders people or they start to think like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be doing this because, well, I'm not that overweight and maybe I'm not, I'm not struggling as much as that person is or this and that. I don't care what other people are doing or how much they're struggling or this and that. I care about what you're doing, you know, and what it matters to you because if you try to talk yourself out of something, it's not going to go away until you either accept where you're currently at or you do something about it. Other than it's going to eat at you for the rest of your life. And I personally, um, I actually took this <clears throat> certification in weight management and they did a case study throughout a woman's life. And the woman, you know, it was her entire life. So she ended up passing away, never reaching her goal. And I was like, is this what is in store for people who are so confused about what's the best diet and what's the best this and what's the best that? Oh, I shouldn't worry about my weight because that's not, that's not a determination of, of health and this and that. No, what do you want? Because if you're going to live your entire life and pass away, always worried about how much you weigh and those kind of things, that sucks. You know, that is just awful. And you know, I don't care anymore. I'm thir I'm almost going to be 37 years old. I was also, I don't like to be old, but it is what it is. And I've been worrying about this for far too long. I'm not going to take this into my 40s. I'm not going to take this into my 50s, 60s, and the rest of my life. Absolutely not. And I don't want anybody else to do that either. You know, it's, um, that, the, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm going on a couple tangents, but it reminded me of people saying your body is the least important thing about you, you know, when you meet people and things like that. And it's so true. Like nobody remembers that like realistically, or like if you were to pass, but it is important to you. And I feel like that's just dismissing how somebody feels sometimes, you know, like when somebody says that and I, and I hear it, I'm thinking like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I still want it, you know? And I think that's important to kind of acknowledge why, how, or what you want and see it through, you know, and when you kind of come to terms with that and that becomes the goal that's not riddled with, you know, the thoughts of this movement or that movement, I think you start to see a little bit of change, you know, because you're trying to fit into a mold that makes sense to you versus into a mold where you're being um, convinced that it's the right way for you.
So I actually want to go back to something you said a little bit ago and to tie into what you just said. So what does it look like to create your own spectrum? Like what, you know, if you're not going to go by society standards, what does, how do you even go about doing that? What do those words mean? Well, for me, it means I started to, I mean, realistically, I think it's helpful to make, um, what are they called? Like a mood board? Um, or write out like what does that look like like literally if you were living that life right now the life of of that Brie you know I, I'll use myself as an example what does that look like and in every sense of the word you know like and and write it as if you're living it right in that moment you know what I mean not of like well I would you know I would eat better meals no I eat better meals not I would I do the thing, you know, so you really start to see who you're at. And for me, it was like, I do look this way. And, and, you know, you take that with a grain of salt in the sense of, you know, your mood board, if you put a couple images of people that you'd like to kind of like emulate or look like or whatever, um, you, you might not get there exactly because our bodies are a little different, but that's the direction. You know, um, one of the things I like to say is, is, you know, have a plan and have a direction, but don't get married to it because, you might find along the way that, you know, I, I've said this on, on, on my social media and I'll say it. My goal is to lose 60 pounds. Realistically, that's where I think I'm going to be the happiest is, is there because that's, that's where I want to be. And I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of that number except for myself. If I end up losing 45 pounds and I feel amazing it's all about my spectrum and me. Where do I feel at any given moment? Every 10 pounds that I lose, I reassess. Where am I at? Do I still want to keep going? Does this make sense for me? Does, you know, those kind of things. It's my spectrum now. So every little marker that I have is something that I kind of look at and say like, nope, we're not there yet. And I, and I think that you'll know when you get there because, and it's not, there are some, you know, kind of mental struggles that maybe therapy will help with and things like that. But your body will tell you when it's happy, you know, like realistically it will, like you'll have the energy, you'll be sleeping better. You'll, you know, your skin looks better, like things like that. Your body wants to be at your set point, you know? Um, and so I think when you get there, you'll kind of start to feel like, and, and, you know, that's something I talk about with a couple of people I work with and they're starting to recognize it. They've lost, you know, 10 pounds. And they're looking at, you know, their goal was much bigger. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm starting to look how I thought I was going to look like a little bit muscular, because realistically, like, you know, what you what somebody thinks of themselves at, you know, they think a certain number is going to get them there, like 140 pounds or something. You know, you might look the way you want to look at 150 or 160. It really depends on on this, you know, do you strength train? Do you do other things? Like, what is it, you know? Um, so it's having a direction, but not being married to it and, and really trying to find what your goal is, um, outside of anything. And like I said, write it down, like write down that goal and what it looks like to live there and be there. Because when I did that, I thought to myself, oh my God, like that sounds amazing. You know, like that's everything that's been in the back of my head since I was 18 years old, you know, or even younger, that that's kind of what I wanted to be. And the underlying thing that I find in that, um, in, in that journey is confidence. Um, that's always something that's been there, the confidence to either walk into the room or do that. 
So I know that the weight goal that I'm looking for isn't going to be what gives me that confidence. Like you start to recognize that it's the journey there. It's putting yourself first. It's putting, you know, it's not ignoring your goals. Like I said, to kind of fit in a mold, it's thinking like, Hey, yeah, I can do this. And the more progress you make towards yourself, the more promises that you keep to yourself in reaching some of these goals, the confidence keeps building. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've been wanting to lose 60 pounds for a long time. And I, I, the mindset shift happened fairly recently and I'm only down seven pounds. I say only because it seems long, but it's not only, it's great, you know? Um, you can't get I to 60 see. without going to seven first. Yes. You cannot. <laughs> yes, you absolutely cannot. And I, I reframed that in the sense of, you know, my target is two pounds at a time. And I start, I do a big kind of reassessment at 10 pounds, which I haven't been yet. That's my goal. It's like written on a thing. Um, <clears throat> but the goal, goal for me is always I focus two pounds at a time. Because if you focus on the big, you know, large, you know, 60 number, uh, you think, God, that's going to take forever. And it starts to loom on you. But two pounds at a time is, isn't so bad. You know, you kind of see it and you and you celebrate like little wins internally and, um it's a confidence boost every single time. So, you know, unfortunately, I'd like to say that there's, I, I, I always wish, and that's some of the things too, is I wish I could give a perfect answer or give you a solution, a person, a solution that gives them the, the umph and the gusto they need right now to kind of like make that change. But realistically, it has to come from when you see that vision of yourself, you know, um, because for a long time, I didn't see it. I always said I wanted to lose the weight. I wanted to do these things. I wanted to be X, Y, Z, but I had no vision for it. And sometimes I still can't see that Brie or some of those things, but writing out what I think she looks like and what I think she presents out into the world, that's worth going for, you know? Um, Because like I said, I don't want to follow the trajectory of that case study and, you know, pass away and and be running not being able to run with my grandkids because I've I've been so in my head to not reach those goals you know yeah so that that's kind of like the the motivating I guess behind the scenes factor but the underlying thing here is is that you have to do the scary thing and you have to get uncomfortable if you want to move forward you just you have to I want to end with just uh your perspective because some people think that health can't be attained in a larger body. And so I, I know you mentioned blood work is one mm-hmm. factor that you can look at health. What are some other factors that you like to look at to just dis- how you would describe someone as healthy, independent of their, their pant size? Yeah, I mean, labs are a good thing, because that's what's like running on the inside. But realistically, I think there's a couple other factors um, in their either um, sleep, um, skin, you know, like I, my skin sometimes is like super dry and like different things and it's dehydration or it's not a certain nutrients, you know, but really sleep energy levels, um, you know, a lot of these things aren't normal that we experience, like, you know, the constant brain fog or those constant like slumps in the afternoons or things like that. So when you're starting to get and feel like you when and and get to that like kind of set point that I talked about and being healthy, some of those things will start to minimize and and dissipate over time. Um, 
And for me, it's kind of a lack of energy and, and that, that kind of leads to motivation, you know, because relying on motivation is going to get you nowhere realistically, or that's what I've seen. But when you have the energy and when you have the ability to do that, it kind of gives you the, maybe motivation is the, the wrong word, but it's like, oh, I could totally go on this walk right now versus like, oh, I have to go on a walk or, you know what I mean? So in the beginning, it might be pushing yourself to do a lot of those things, but then you'll start to see that things become easier. And that's a determinant for me of making progress and things like that. So when somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, breathe a scale and move. And I promise I've been doing it right and doing this and that. And it's like, I believe you. I'm not, I'm not going to say like, oh, no, that means you weren't sticking to your calories. Because even if you stick to your calories, you're going to see an up and down, up and down, up and down. There's always either like a step thing and up and down, it's never going to be linear, right? So one, we come to terms with that. So I believe you. But I think the biggest thing is that you, what else, what was your other like health win? And sometimes they'll be like, oh, my walks were a piece of cake this time. And it was like, really? And we're not celebrating this? Why not? Because the past few weeks, you've been dreading them. And you didn't make it the distance you wanted to make and those things, but now they're a piece of cake. Oh, we are making progress. I don't care if you don't see it on this scale or not. This is a huge win because this is now something that you'll keep doing to get to that, you know, numbers goal or whatever it is. So health and, and is determined by a lot of things. And I think it's our ability to do some of the things and recognize some of those changes. How much are we moving? How is our sleep? How is our, um, our skin feel, our hydration, our, um, you know, our, our brain clarity, like things like that. It, it's way more than just the scale and, and even some of the lab work. It's, it's literally getting in touch with what feels best for me and noticing those changes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I know I had one girl the one time she was like, I can wash my back. <laughs> like, you know, just like I can get my arm wrapped around my back yeah. in the shower and she's like that's I haven't been able to do that for a little bit and for her, that was a great non-scale victory you know flexibility can be a marker of oh health God. right it doesn't yes. have to just look like you know I can you know walk five miles like it can there can no, other yeah. components of even activity that can be markers of success so like you said yeah. finding what's important to you what you know is what helps you feel more confident and then mapping that out. Um, Brie, do you want to, is there any other like last tip or advice or something that you like to, to share just for somebody that maybe, maybe struggling, like, like you did or were going through, right? Present past. Going through, yeah. What is like one thing that you would say to somebody who, might be feeling the same way, um, whether it's encouragement or a tip or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, one, um, you know, it's funny because I, I don't know why I got a little emotional because it is, it's super emotional. So um, to, to be struggling and kind of feel like there's no, I don't know, no, either no support or no one like you or, you know, um, even if you go and ask for help sometimes and you, and you, or you buy that program and people are just like, just do this and it'll work. And you've just done some of these things so many times, like it's defeating, but I know, and I guess what I'd like to leave you 
or somebody with if, if if you know you're listening and this has been resonating with you is that that person that you're looking for is is there you know it's not about finding the new you know I, I've said before that I just need to change a little bit of who I am and and the new Brie will kind of come out it's not it's letting in the Brie that's like been there that's been bogged down by your environmental circumstances your personal circumstances just life in general like habits we've learned and and it, it this is the time that it's time to let that person shine a little bit more you can do it absolutely um I like to say that you can do hard things you can you really can do the thing and it does take um really getting uncomfortable and I know that sucks I know it trust me I know it sucks you if, if you don't believe me you can dm me and I will screenshot you my journal of so many times that I've started writing and I said you're being ridiculous but the moment that you pass through that feeling of ridiculous is the moment that it starts and it can start right now if you want it to you know yeah, yeah. I um I had a, a quote that I like is that you um we lead with our strengths, but we connect with our weaknesses. And I think you are a testimony to, to that and being able to be honest and vulnerable and share your struggles is a connection point where, you know, somebody can say, wait, I'm not alone. You know, there are mm -hmm. other people that feel just like me and forming that community of support while still working on goals. And it, it's not, this is the end of your story. This is, this is just the beginning um, mm -hmm. and being thankful for where you're at because it got you to this point, you know, where before it was like a curse, but now it's like a, I'm thankful for this journey because it led me to here where now I'm able to be receptive to information or I'm open to try different things or get curious. And what a gift, yeah. because when you're stuck in that closed mindedness of why is this why am I the one that has to struggle? Why can't I be normal? Why can't I be thin? It really, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't allow for a growth mindset. So I'm just so thankful for you and for sharing your story with all of us. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for allowing me to come on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So where can you mention you have like your social media pages? Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your message? Yeah, what's funny is I kind of just restarted because I, I, I hit that rock bottom a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I'm at um, Curvy Dietitian um, on Instagram. And there you'll probably find where um, I'm going to release a ton of things. I do have a website that's up with um, uh, and, and that will be where some of my programs and different things you can contact me are. It's um, nourishmovelive.com. Um, so those are probably the two best places right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, there's a lot of things that are coming out in the works right now. I, I, I work with a lot of people one-on-one, -on -one, but I'd like to do a group program and, and more of a membership thing. And I think that's really going to change the, um, the, my access to, to helping people and make it a little bit more approachable, um, and, and affordable in, in many aspects too, because I know that's a barrier. So I was hoping for um, for some of that. So that's coming soon and you'll be able to find a lot of that if you sign up um, either on the newsletter from the website or go to my Instagram. 
I should ask you what your where your blog is because then that'll force you to start making those posts live yeah. instead of putting <laughs> them for your eyes only. So yeah. I, you know, I reread some of them the other day, like literally two days ago. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to post them. Um, so what, what I think is going to happen and, and you'll find the launch dates on my Instagram and I'll be posting them on my website too, is the website's really going to be geared to my membership program. So you won't see a lot of my personal kind of, um, notes there. Um, I will be personally in there a lot, um, because I'm very hands-on with working with a lot of the people um, or anybody that comes to work with me, but personally, um, it'll be launched with my name, um, brierodriguez.com. Um, and that's going to come pretty soon. It's going to be a newsletter style, um, kind of thing. So I'm either going to, to do it as more of a newsletter base, or it'll be connected with like Substack. Um, so I've been, uh, looking at both. I don't know if anybody's heard of those, but it's, it's a good platform to kind of help get some of a personalized message is out, but I think they're going to be incredibly helpful or it's um, things that I was hoping um, that I, I could have read at some point when I was at some of my lows, you know? Yeah. So we always share a recipe at the end of the rest, at the end of the recipe, at the end of the episode. So <laughs> I'd love to invite you to share something that could be helpful to our listeners in terms of like a go-to meal idea or, um, you know, your quick weeknight survival, yeah. meal, whatever that may look like, if you could share. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually have, well, two, one is like a breakfast snack and it's just super easy, but every time I post it on Instagram, people are like in love with it. But if you do a waffle with a little bit of Greek yogurt on top and some berries, so and specifically I do a protein waffle, but it really doesn't matter. Um, because it just heightens the protein with the yogurt. And I don't know the whole texture mixture of it, delightful. So if you're ever in a pickle and you have, it's most things I have, I always have like plain yogurt. I always have a waffle. So it's something I can easily make, but a go-to dinner that we do a lot and that my kids like, which is the best part is literally um, like, and it's not spaghetti, but little noodles, like macaroni noodles. Um, they're called didalini noodles actually. And like ground beef or ground turkey with tomato sauce or marinara sauce, whatever one you have. Um, I whip that up and the kids eat that. And then I just put a ton of roast either vegetables or dice them up on the side. And if you wanted veggies, you can add them. If you don't, great. But uh, my ratio is a, usually a little bit heavier on the protein side, just in case, just because, um, well, I like to give my kids protein too. Uh, but I mean, it's super simple and it's, it, it's pretty, uh, it's liked by everybody. It's funny because we even had people stop by sometimes because I make a huge batch when we have it for leftovers. And I'm like, oh, I only made like our, like it, it almost feels like a little embarrassing. Like, oh, I made our like cheat dinner like because I didn't feel like doing anything tonight. But everybody loves it. So it's just, and it, most of the time I make it with tomato sauce. I don't even do marinara because it's too spaghetti. It's like you have to use the tomato sauce and just keep it simple. <laughs> Oh, that's the that's the key the tomato sauce I, yeah a little bit of seasonings you know salt whatever you like in there uh but yeah it's super super simple because and it's mostly things that I literally have all the time but it's a it's literally a, a staple around here yeah <laughs> we do that often I'll probably just do a, a jar of tomato sauce because I'm lazy but um <laughs> but yeah yeah I, that is actually what is on our agenda for dinner tonight so again oh, crowd so favorite good. and can get it done in 10 yeah. minutes or less. I agree. Yeah. 
I, uh, I like those ones because people are always like, oh, I think that's a barrier too. You feel like you have to have like this new great recipe. No, you don't. Throw some stuff together and put a vegetable on it. You're good. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the, the podcast today. I think we learned a lot. I know we learned a lot and I think it's going to be really helpful for those listening. So again, we just appreciate your time and for being with us today. Great. No, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> All right, guys, that's what we have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.